Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Skills for Mars. Today is about social entrepreneurship, and my guest, Samira Khan, a senior manager of global impact engagement at Salesforce, is a thought leader in the field. Change agility is a critical skill for the future, and driving change with a clear purpose of adding social value is imperative. Join Samira and me as we discuss about managing and measuring social impact, the role of technology in empowering change makers, where you can start today to add social value as an individual or as an organization. We would like to know what is the change that you want to make in the world. So let's start a conversation. Please leave your thoughts in the comment section below. And of course, if you appreciate the content, don't forget to like and subscribe. Samira, welcome to Skills for Mars. Thanks so much for having me, Yulia. As I've just said, I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you because I feel that I have so much to learn. And not only me, but everyone who's watching, you and Salesforce, from what I've been reading, you seem to be doing so much on the social front, way more than I've seen before. I'm glad you noticed. It's a lot going on. You're right. And I think the very cool part, it's pretty much been a part of our DNA since the beginning. So Mark Benioff has been very social impact minded. And really since the start, he put aside 1% of our equity for social good. And that then led to this 111 model where we're really committed to giving 1% of our people's time, product and equity for social good. So it's a very interesting model. And it's pretty much what attracted me to Salesforce to begin with. I can, I can imagine because you really love having an impact. Yeah. And I, I actually truly believe that everybody internally has it in them to have an impact. They just define it differently depending on where they live and their context. And they may not even realize it, but I fundamentally believe that human beings are put together that way and they just need to realize it and bring it to the surface and be empowered to have that impact. Help me understand, Samira. Is there a difference between what you do and what you call global impact engagement versus corporate social responsibility? Yeah, that's a good question, Yulia. And I think that increasingly terms are being used interchangeably and the world is getting increasingly confusing in this way. But basically, I sit on a team at salesforce.org, which is one of the social impact business units at .com. And we're very much focused on impact management. So how do you measure and manage your impact better? Um, as a corporation, and in particular, as Salesforce.org, we're also trying to think of how to enable our customers and our partners to do similarly. So that's kind of where I sit. But social impact, I think, is much, you know, it's broader. It's integrated into different aspects of one's business, whether it's, you know, pure philanthropy or creating new products and services or business models around social good. So I view social impact as a much broader blanket term, whereas I've been more focused on the impact measurement and management side, at least at Salesforce, but previously, you know, doing a bunch of other things. Are you measuring just the impact of your social activities or are you measuring the impact of everything that you've just been discussing? Yeah, that's a great question. So Salesforce.org, um, our fundamental underlying focus is this technology for social change or tech for impact portfolio. So we have a number of cloud products that are oriented toward social impact and social good, the social sector. So we're measuring our outcomes with respect to the usage of the products, the impact of the products, but we're also reporting out on our people's time 
and their impact toward the sustainable development goals, depending on where they're volunteering their time, where they're sort of, you know, spending their time pro bono. So there's that aspect of that. And then the company at large puts out an annual report, a stakeholder impact report, where they're reporting out on their commitments um, that they've made toward the environment, toward people. So it's a combination, really, as a company. And .org is focused on kind of like a slice of the pie. Do I feel it correctly that this is a more mature level from corporate responsibility? It's a level higher of maturity. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would like to think so, but I've been around for a while. And when I first started working in the social impact space, I noticed that one, there was less sort of cross-sector work taking place. You know, the private sector had its own way of doing corporate social responsibility, some interaction with the government and public-private partnerships, but less so with the nonprofits and the social enterprises. It's a much more sort of cross-sector field and space now. And in addition to that, sort of this idea of social impact is integrated across business units. I think it's a part of people's day-to-day -day jobs more. It's top of mind more. It's driving overall corporate culture more. So there are more resources, planning, time that is going towards social impact as you know, one would spend time on one's business or core business model. It's very similar in that way. And previously, I think it was more isolated and viewed as sort of something that takes place in a particular business unit and much more with a marketing bent or spin rather than an integrated approach. For sure. And it had more of um, an attraction spin to it. Let's do this because we can maybe attract uh. better people. Yeah. Right, whereas with what you are doing, it doesn't, of, of course you have this because people need to have and want to have an impact. So of course they are more attracted to companies that are supporting them engage in such activities. So there's that, but it's not the only scope and not the only goal that you are having. Yeah, Yulia, thanks for pointing that out. So um, it's interesting because in the past, I think it's exactly what you were saying that it was done for more sort of the public side of it, the public facing side. Um, and now when that's, when it's just done purely for that and it's not like authentic, it's not trustworthy, it's not accountable. It's called like greenwashing, SDG washing. You know, we're trying to move away from that and have more consistent standards around measurement and management so that there's accountability and comparability. So certainly a shift, but I think fundamentally corporations still have self-interest um, involved because increasingly consumers are becoming more conscious, employees really care. And so you attract better talent when you're like a sales force and you have such a good model towards social impact or such a great philosophy. That's uh, that's good, right? That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly how, that's exactly it's a win -win, how it should right? be. It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a bit, you seem, you seem to be leading in this field and I know you're not the only company that has a .org. There are others who have it as well but you are some, one of the leaders. Where do you learn from? Where do you get inspiration from? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. So I think, you know, for me, it's going to be a different answer than maybe somebody else, depending on where they're sitting or what they're working on, if they're working on philanthropy or impact investment, et cetera. Um, and I love that question, Yulia, because I think in a lot of ways, we've been trying to 
um, walk the walk. So when we make a commitment, make sure that we're doing it, but we're also trying to bring others along, be leaders in the space, you know, be impact forward, drive culture, not only within, but also in partnership with our community and collaborating. And it requires a lot of creativity. And I think a lot of sort of bespoke collaboration, a lot of looking sort of out and bringing things inward and vice versa. And it's a very dynamic process. So I would say we're gleaning inspiration from all over, from all sectors, industries. We have such a great sort of customer base and client reach and such a deep community presence that it's not hard to have those conversations and to have that access and to ideate. But at the same time, we're having to be extremely like phenomenally innovative because we're bringing together so many corporate assets behind social impact and social good and we're trying to really lead the sector so a lot of it is our own sort of you know methodology way of doing things our own assets but we've gleaned inspiration from all over to pull it together so it's a really creative endeavor and that's one of the reasons I like my job sometimes when you know people hear impact measurement they're thinking of something very technical in nature. And although there's a technical aspect, there's also a lot of creativity, as I mentioned, that's involved. Can you put a metric to everything that you're measuring, like a number? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you thinking in dollar numbers or are you thinking in more qualitative uh, uh, aspects as well? Yeah, and this is a sector-wide question, sort of how do you strike that balance and quantitative and qualitative? Both are very important. You know, there's obviously existing standards that corporations report to, and so there are disclosures involved with that, and then there are commitments that corporations make that are unique to themselves or in partnership with others, and that's more about sort of the language. There are quantitative figures as well. You know, Salesforce.org, my colleagues put together sort of a great um, measurement called the annual social value calculation, or we call it social value, where they're actually putting a quantitative figure to sort of our product donation and our people's time. And they're reporting out on Salesforce.org's contribution to the ecosystem. So that's very interesting work. I think narratives and stories are very important because they really bring impact and outcomes to life. So it's certainly a combination. And if you look at some of the assets we've put out, including the Salesforce.org community re impact report from the past year, you'll see it's a combination of quantitative and qualitative to really bring it to life. Which is the part of the job that you like the most? I like um, the community sort of engagement or angle most. I think hearing sort of really what organizations are struggling with on the ground, there's obviously a technology element to it and what our technology can do, but there's a lot of other sort of things that go into having an impact, um, especially during a pandemic. There's so many changing conditions, whether it's, you know, cash flow or liquidity, or it's really how do you reach some of those, as you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, hardest to reach, hardest to serve populations. How do you collaborate with others when you're resource strapped and you can't even get what you need to get done in a given day? Um, there are challenges, obviously, 
and, you know, like any other profession, like the legal profession, medical profession, what have you, I think the challenges are, are deep, but that's also what makes the work fulfilling because when you're able to solve a community problem or a client or customer's problem or an individual's problem, you feel, you know, a sense of satisfaction and purpose and that kind of drives you. So I think technology in and of itself can be very neutral. It's really the usage and the application of it and the negative and positive impacts that really bring its power and its value to life. And I'm increasingly interested in how we can use this technology to empower the organizations and all of the individuals who are working in those organizations to think more about sort of social impact and have the impact they'd like to achieve in the world. If someone wants to get in, uh, let's say into your team, right? And be part of it. and what kind of skills would they need to have? Yeah, um, so um, I think it's really important to be just listening. So listening to your community, to sectors. So that's really important. The market listening component, you know, in the in the private sector, it's often about sort of customer assessment, market assessment, etc. There also needs to be an eye toward not just sort of immediate business outcomes, but a long-term view because when you think about impact management for a corporation, you're thinking about long-term creation of value. So you're thinking about value in a sustainable way. How do you sustain and grow that value? So you need to have foresight and be able to think about the various future scenarios that may emerge for your sector, for the world, for your markets. So I think deep market knowledge today and then foresight is also very important. Being a technology company, it goes without saying that knowing your product and the power of your product, as well as the limitations of it, are very important to creating sort of feasible solutions. Um, And I think... Back to sort of the creativity element, being collaborative, being creative, keeping an open mind, all are very important. And I think when you're working on such tough problems, how the organization operates internally, like people's orientation toward being inclusive and listening to diverse voices can really impact how that company does in the long term. Because... If you're not open-minded, if you're not sort of opening up the rooms to all kinds of employees and working in a collaborative and cross-sector way, you're not going to be prepared for the future and creating innovations that really stand up to the test of time. We spoke a bit about uh, leadership, but I find that bringing together NGOs, the private sector, policymakers, it's very hard. Or at least it feels hard from where I sit. And whenever I speak to NGOs, I had two discussions uh, lately, uh, one with an AI NGO, maybe maybe you know you know them, AI for Development, and the other no, one with I Agastia. That's, uh, so AI for Development is an NGO that started in Vienna. Uh, we just, we just re- released the episode, and they are supporting vulnerable communities learn AI algorithms. And they're going into really remote places there and they, they have amazing results with people that have never learned of algorithms and they just start using that for the for the good of their communities. And there is another one uh, called Agastia. I w- we will release the episode tomorrow. Uh, this is an, uh, a foundation in India that are already supporting 15 million children in India in uh, really remote places. Get them educated and get them curious and, and the building home labs and, and so on. And whenever I speak to the two and the others as well, the biggest issue is always aligning 
what you do in in business in the private sector with what you're doing in EIGOs, what what the policymakers and the government is doing. Do you have the same kind of issue? And how do you? What does leadership mean for you in that respect? So aligning the the forces that need to play together to actually make things happen. Yeah, I love how you stressed aligning because it's certainly a challenge at the individual level, at the organizational level, and. I think one very important step is truly understanding the individual's incentives, and that goes back to mindset. So what drives this individual to dedicate time and resources, to expend sort of resources on the specific challenge, um, similarly with organizations and similarly with sectors? Some of the incentives are institutional in nature, so they're very much a part of the structure. So businesses, obviously, you know, for making a, a, a profit is a part of the, the structure. So as you think about how they engage with the social sector, one must think about either A, how does it impact their sustainability as a business, their sort of bottom line, or B, you know, how can we change some of these incentives so that either you define sort of value and impact differently, or you open up and broaden their minds to what it means to be a corporation. Um, so there's different sort of angles to tackle it, but it is really about aligning incentives and aligning, you know, strengths and weaknesses and finding that common agenda, whatever it may be, and then trying to identify who's bringing what to the table. So there's a lot of collaborative creativity, as I mentioned, involved with it. But I do think fundamentally, if you address this mindset shift and you really get at what is this person's story themselves? What are they looking to achieve? What are their values? And how does that link up with what is taking place in the world and other like-minded people and really try to align those values? It creates a virtuous cycle where one realizes the impact that they're having and it continues to grow. So just to bring it to life a bit more. Someone I know um, who I met kind of opportunistically during the pandemic, we haven't actually even met in person. We spoke about work. His name is Blake Kohler. He's at Pulse for Good. And he posted a picture on LinkedIn the other day. This is my office. And it was a little bit messy. And there were children's toys all over the floor. And he said, you know, we all in our lives have a mess in our own ways. And kind of his point was, you know, more around not hiding the mess, but it's these challenges are what bind us together. So I really believe it's these challenges, these narratives that bind us together. And then he had a really sort of beautiful statement about what all that matters is how you treat people around you. And I think if we can remember that is that we are really bound by shared challenges and we are bound by shared narratives and we're all in this together writing the narrative of the future. And that as long as we have the right intentions, which is sort of our own self-interest, as well as taking care of our communities around us, um, we will land in a good place. Obviously, much easier said than done, but I think that mindset shift is very important. Like, why are we all here? Which goes to the conversation around a purpose, you know, individual and organizational and broadly societal purpose. Like, why are we here? I wanted to say, you make it sound also simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not my <laughs> I'm curious, what what uh, doesn't let you sleep at night? What keeps you awake at night? Something that maybe you'd like to do and you're still struggling with? 
Yeah, what I shut out a lot is um, not shut out. What I think about as well as sometimes have to shut out is this this question around inclusivity and equality. It's top of mind for a lot of people these days because of the pandemic and how the pandemic has impacted, you know, some populations significantly more than others. As we think about technology progress, it's actually been really amazing during the pandemic to see the solutions have come that have come out yet at the same rate they are not as easily accessible to some of the most vulnerable populations putting them even more behind um there's obviously a growing conversation around racial sort of d- diversity and inclusivity similarly with sort of people who you know um the differently abled it's a similar conversation so basically i have been thinking a lot for various sort of personal and professional reasons around inclusivity and how can we make the solutions that we have available, um, the assets, resources we have available to more people and do it in a way that's not just viewed as, um, for lack of better words, charity. I think there's a difference between charity and philanthropy, Um, but there has to be some sort of a sort of reason or rationale and getting people to see how important it is to be inclusive and why it matters for all of us. That's top of mind for me. Did you manage to find any actions or start any actions or not yet? It's just, you know, with the pandemic, everyone has been so, you know, wrapped up in their own backyard, their own families, their own communities. So it's very similar for me in that regard. With that said, you know, as a company, I've seen different teams come together, pull together and really get behind particular causes. I mean, there's a racial sort of justice task force internally. We've partnered with others around that. Similarly, around the pandemic, um, our philanthropy very much reflects our values of equality and giving back and thinking about our own community and our backyards and the world more globally. So certainly that orientation exists at a company level. Um, at a personal level, I've been trying, you know, where I can to give in the ways that I can and to listen more and connect more and try to bring the social capital together, the social capital that I have together with sort of my skills and my job and volunteer and whatnot, but it's a long way to go. So, you know, not not something I've gone super deep into personally, but definitely ties to some of my sort of professional involvement. I mean, I know there's also an added focus on equality within the company. So I'm involved in that. I'm involved in an initiative at salesforce.org around voice at the table. So, you know, how do you elevate the voices of diverse populations? So a lot of activity, but so much more work to be done. There, there will be companies listening and HR people who maybe are not at the level of salesforce.org with the kind of actions that you are doing. If you would boil it down to, I don't know, two or three key things, maybe best practices that you think, hey, throughout the years, this is my experience and we had a great impact with this. If you are to start somewhere, I would say start with ABC. For HR professionals or corporations in general. Yes. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, because HR is, yeah, not not my my sweet spot. I'm thinking more of like corporate impact, but just a couple is where you just start. I think it's really important to start um, with the why, which I think I alluded to earlier. So why does your corporation exist? Um, and really getting at the why of the different individuals involved. I think once you clarify and can define the why in a way that um, 
is sort of open-ended enough and broad enough that it allows you to evolve and transform, then you can kind of chart out your roadmap. So what is your purpose as a corporation? Is it to, you know, elevate the health of some of the hardest to reach populations in the world? Um, how would you like to use your business for change? I would like, like it to be social good, social impact, but whatever the change is. So what is the change you would like to see in the world and why do you exist? I think understanding that is really important as well as having a sense of what is the potential contribution you could make given where you are today? So that why, and then what are your strengths? What is the potential contribution you could make? And then having some sort of strategic goals and commitments around that social impact is also very important. And I think it needs to be both a top-down exercise as well as a bottoms-up. That's what I wanted to ask. Which is easier to start, bottoms-up or tops the tops-down? I think they need to be parallel efforts. Oftentimes it is top down because you get sort of the leadership messaging. And I've heard most sort of articles that I read really stress that. Like if you're a leader, like you know, Mark Benioff, who's been amazing, right? If your leader is very sort of impact forward and he sets the culture, sets the tone, he or she, um, or, you know, but I don't, I think it also needs to be bottoms up. I think just attracting the right type of talent, empowering them, because um, one question, you see what keeps me up at night, is just power. And the, to me, the definition of power and people really understanding and recognizing that inherently from day one, we are born with different levels of power. We're brought to this earth with different levels of power. So how do we correct that balance and open the door for more people, whether it be as a result of our sort of gender, our race, our culture, our status, our wealth, our education, over time it changes. But this, this variation in power, how do we continue to equalize the playing field? So that needs to manifest in a corporate setting from the very start as well. And what could be a more fundamental question than why you exist? So it needs to be led by employee voices and top-down messaging. If you are to tell me what is your narrative of the future and how you think about the future and how you'd like to see it ideally. So I see a future that is more focused on change makers, so really empowering change makers, um, which is the, at the individual level. So how do you orient people's mindsets and their narratives towards social impact, social good, helping those around them? And how do you empower groups of change makers? that are driven by whatever they care most about, whether it's climate change or whether it's sort of, um, you know, the education sector or no poverty, whatever populations they want to impact, they should be empowered with the information that they have and the social capital that they have to really make that happen. So I almost view social entrepreneurship not being its own sector, but being embedded in curricula all over the world being embedded in our lives where we're constantly thinking about how to innovate and create to make our own lives better as well as the lives of those around us and really democratizing this notion of social entrepreneurship and change making so that our systems are not you know rooted around capitalism and around monetary transactions but around social impact social value and social good driven not at the corporate level or at the government level but actually driven by individuals who are self-organizing in movements that are supported by their passion that's a world i would like to 
For sure. Samira, is there something that maybe I didn't ask you and you would like to leave the viewers with? Well, um, I would love to ask you a question because this podcast has been wonderful and you're such an interesting person, Yulia. What what drives you or what sort of gives you, um, you know, where do you get your power from? What drives you and what's your sort of purpose or driving motivation? We'd just love to hear a little bit more from you. I think you're the second person asking that. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's, okay. it's really fun to see that after 113 episodes, it's really nice <laughs> that someone asked this, this question. I started this with the idea of diminishing fear for the future. I think the future right now holds endless possibilities for people. Uh, looking at the jobs that you can do, how, how you can combine different skills with the technologies that exist, and how you can find things that you can do and actions and impact really at the intersection of various jobs and various industries and various areas. This has never been possible before. My parents only had one job. Uh, before that generations, they m mostly had the same job passing through the family. So three generations had the same job. Before that, even more. So right now, I just feel that we have endless possibilities and that everyone should be able to see that. And I would like to help them open their eyes so that they know that they are not stuck in the job that they have or stuck in the life that they have. That they can always do something different and change things the way they want. Amazing. So it sounds like we are aligned at some level on this notion of empowerment and change making and the curriculum or the skills of the future really are around how do you make change given the the assets that you have. And so I guess I would leave everyone, given what you just said, with the question of really thinking about, you know, what what drives them? Why are they here? And what empowers them? And how can they make the change that they would like to see in the world to really self-reflect and think about that question? And I commit to doing the same. Amira, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Yulia.